Hello, friends, and welcome to Brotherly Love Gaming, the show where two brothers talk through the past, present, and future of our lives in gaming. My name is Alex, joined, as always, by my brother Spence. What's up, guys? So today we're going to do, like, three little topics uh, in order to just cover some stuff we wanted to talk about for a while, as well as uh, some new stuff. So starting with the new stuff, Spence, you've been playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which came out last week. That was just last week, right? Yeah, it was literally last Friday. Right, okay. So, um, how's, how's it been? You know, you're really excited for this one. It's it's definitely really great. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it was uh, 12, I think it was 12 years I looked it up. I think Marvel's Alliance 2 came out in like 2007. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, I've, I've waited. Oh, no, that was the first one. The second one came out in um, 2009, so it's been 10 years. Okay. So, it's been 10 years since the, the second one came out. So... I'm very, very excited that this one came out finally. I picked it up as soon as I got out of work on release day. Um, it's really good so far. I've only gotten through like the first main area, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. But they give you so many characters right off the bat. Like the game starts off with the guardians and then you kind of like meet people as you go, but you meet like a ton of people before you're even done with the first area. Right. So okay. like right now my my go to team is Venom. Uh, Spider Gwen, Miles Morales, and Spider Man. So I got the the full Spider team. Full Spider team, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know yeah. Spider Gwen was in it. I like Spider Gwen a lot. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, she's really good in the game too. There's there's some really cool mechanics like the the um, the extreme um, what's it called? It's called like an extreme alliance move where you like can activate everybody's like special power all at once. It's really right. cool. It's not, it's not called an ultimate alliance move. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's like right there. Why wouldn't they have done that? I think one of them is called Extreme, and then like if you get all four, it's called Ultimate. Oh, okay. So, so what's the yeah. what's like the sort of basic gameplay loop like? You know, like uh, it's very it, it holds very true to the first two. Um, you, it's kind of like a sort of like a top down, but not really. Right. Um, kind of just roam around, beat up bad guys. Okay. Uh, it's really good still though. Like the the story's pretty uh compelling so far like without giving away too much because this is the first few levels but you start off as the guardians like i said and you get to this ship and uh basically all the infinity stones are there and they crash the party and then quill grabs the space stone and then all of them get scattered Mm. on earth and they end up on like they end up in the world's um most uh most wanted villains so they're on the raft people that read the comics probably know what the raft is but uh so you have to like fight all these bad guys and they're mainly like uh spider-man villains right in the first area so it's pretty funny is the story like at all linked is like an actual continuation of two or like it's so far away Uh, it doesn't really matter it's a it's a thanos saga one basically okay it's about thanos and the infinity stones okay Gotcha. It's really good though. I'm I'm very pleased with it so far. I've played mainly co-op with my friend. Um, I played one boss by myself, and then I had to get off and go to work. So I've heard it's better co-op. Do you think it's it's better co-op? You think it's designed for that? It's more fun. It's more fun for sure. Um, I would like to get a full party of four and kind of mess around with that. Right and play as all four but i will say that the one thing i don't like about co-op is you can't control the camera while while it's two people when you're solo you can maneuver the camera to however you want but 
it gets a little glitchy. Where, like it's tracking both of you kind of a deal. Yeah, okay. yeah, it, it glitches out a little bit in two player because it doesn't like turn. So you, sometimes you can't see yourself around walls and whatnot. But um, so okay, so it's a switch exclusive. Yes. So I imagine that when you play co-op, like you need to take like a Joy-Con and play. Like how many buttons do you need to play this? Um, I don't know if you can use a Joy-Con to be honest. No, so you have to. You probably I, using a Pro controller then? I've been using. I only use my wired controller, okay. so I, I haven't even tested that out. I mean, you need all four of the the main buttons. You need an analog stick. You need both of the. You need all of the triggers. And in order to switch characters, you would need a D-pad too. So, okay. So I'm assuming probably not. I wonder if it would have some kind of a workaround for that, you know, because since it's motion control, maybe you can like swing the switch or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah. You know, like, you know, there's some games that I'll be like, uh, press this button to access like other functions, you know what I mean? Like it's not not ideal, but if you're trying to, you know, push the uh, easy multiplayer aspect of the switch, you think, especially with it being a switch exclusive, you think that they would have that functionality built into it. I will say that it sold out on the first day. Literally. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I got like, right, there's so. a, yeah, there's, there's like three copies left by the time I got out. And mind you, I checked in the morning and they didn't even have it like on the shelf yet. Right. So I checked like, as I was leaving, like 30 minutes before I was leaving, if we had it. And then by the time I, I looked again, there was like three copies left. So. Popular game then sounds like, which is it good. Is. Which is good, especially with, uh, with being again an exclusive, you know, you want those exclusives to to be worth being exclusive in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Everybody was pretty. I know, like the surprise everybody had was like, "What? Only on Switch?" Which yeah. fans are happy about it, but <laughs> but it's cool. Like, I'm happy. Much. I'm happy that uh that it's a fun time. Um, yes. And so it's a Thanos story, but like totally different than. Like what the MCU just did, right? I mean, I'm assuming it's still the same uh, basic idea of like Thanos. Point, basic idea, Thanos. like yeah, because that's his that's his whole shtick with right. Yeah, anytime like he shows up, that's gonna be a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's he's you know trying to balance the world and basically become a god. So, I mean, he's still going after the Infinity Stones. It's just not the same. Like they'll get scattered on Earth because of Star Lord. Right. So. Okay. So it's all it all takes place on Earth. It's not bouncing around. I don't think so as far as what I've seen. I'm sure because I know that like just from seeing like the trailer and stuff, I know Ghost Rider's in it, so it might take us to like the hell dimension okay. and stuff like that. But we'll That's see. A set piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with it um being again just just endgame just happened. Just come this comes out now. Do you feel at all like Oh shit! Here we go again, kind of a thing. You know, you're going through like a similar story. Does it weaken it all? I guess is what I'm getting at with the fact that you just saw a really great movie version of this thing. I mean, a little bit, like just because. Well, here's the thing: at the point that I'm at, they only mentioned Thanos like twice, right? Okay. So, like, you don't even see him at the point that I'm at yet. The the point that I'm at is like you see all these like really distinct like spider-man villains coming out of the raft like i fought uh sandman i fought green goblin and like green goblin's fight in this game is that he possesses the time stone at the at that Mm. point because he found it in the raft 
Okay. So I'm assuming that's how every fight is going to go, where it's like going to be a big name ball or a big name villain. Each of them has like their own gimmick with a, right. with a Infinity Stone. And Casually then, having an Infinity Stone. <laughs> yeah, like it fell into their hands when Star Lord kind of used the Space Stone to get everybody there. Right. Okay. Does it make you excited for the uh, Crystal Dynamics Avengers game coming next year? Yes. More hyped now? I mean, I was already excited, <laughs> but I'm very... There's a lot of backlash on the game, but I'm still super excited. I think it looks great. Yeah, I mean, we, we had our discussion around E3. You know, I want to just see what they do with it before I, you know, yeah. get too cynical, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I am glad this is good because, you know, it's been a while since we've had a decent Marvel game, I feel like. I couldn't even tell you the last one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, 2009. Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> would you uh, <laughs> would you rate this like uh, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man One, or The Amazing Spider Man? Like where, in terms of quality, does it do you think it rates so far? <laughs> I'm definitely not going to put it at The Amazing Spider Man because that that was just god awful. Um, I'll say for right now. Just because I haven't gotten too invested in the story, it'll be Spider-Man One. Spider-Man One, okay. But I, I truly think that by like once I get some more hours into it and keep playing it, it's gonna be up to Spider-Man Homecoming. Just because I love the series, right? And I've been I've been in love with the series since you know I was way younger. Um, so I think I think it will get to that level. I just need to play it a little bit more because I really haven't had time. Right. Cool. I'm glad about that. That's a good one. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yes, really good. Would recommend picking it up. Super fun to play with friends. On the other hand, what did you pick up? So. I just talked about not buying this and then you go and buy it. Did we talk about not buying this? I've had thoughts about this for a while. Like we've, we've, I've definitely gone through every possible emotion. So to not be too secretive about this, um, I did go and I bought I bought a PlayStation Classic, and <laughs> the reason why is because it was twenty dollars at Target last week. Last week, last week must have been sometime last week, and um, to have a red card, I get an extra five percent off. So I figured, I wish I would have like a that. decent price for this thing. I've heard that it's fun to hack, so I haven't done too much with it yet. So like I have the controller, here's the controller for the, the video people. Um, it actually feels like it's lighter than I remember PlayStation controllers being, but it is still feels like a PlayStation controller. And since it's USB, um, I'm pretty sure I could just plug this into my computer and use it as just like a regular USB controller, which is pretty neat. Um, I have it plugged in, otherwise I'd pull out the actual thing and just show you what it looks like. Um, yeah, I can just do it anyway. Let's live on the edge. So here's the, uh, there's that bad boy. And smaller than I thought it was going to be. Like the size of my hand, basically. And I don't know, the games on it, I don't think are worth, you know, definitely was not worth spending $100. So what it came out as $100 for this thing. It has 20 games on it. You know, three of the games I feel like are things that I was like really interested in, and like we said before, with like the Nintendo classics that have been, that have, were done, the Sega Genesis classic coming soon. You know, 
in my opinion, you got to go for some more hard to find games or crowd pleasers, you know, games people maybe not expecting. The major problem with, I think, the PlayStation at the library was just so huge and varied. They probably didn't know what to put on the thing in the first place. Yeah. Definitely cheaped out. You know, the menu is just like a circle of graphics, like a different tiles for each game. You know, not at all like the sort of designed look of the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. All that said, I like the way the controller feels. The DualShock is like my favorite controller design ever. You know, this one's not a DualShock. This is just a regular uh, PlayStation controller. Um, but just like the layout, the buttons, like my favorite controller ever. You know, so the fact that the hacking community I know is really big on this one. And I have a bunch of PS1 games that I could rip and throw on it. And now, boom, I have a little semi-portable uh, PlayStation 1 that I can carry around with me, you know? Like, that's yeah. actually, that part's cool to me, you know? Because sure. based on what's on the thing, like, I have so many different ways to play Final Fantasy VII, you know, already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I want to play that game for whatever time, uh, I'll just buy it again on Switch or something. Or just wait until March when part one of however many parts the remake comes out. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember what's on it right now. Um, Wild Arms is kind of the one that I'm like most excited about actually being in the plagues. I've never played that one, and that's kind of another thing that made me think about it. I was like, okay, it would cost me about twenty dollars to get like a complete inbox copy of Wild Arms on the PS1. Um, if I want to just test this game out, you know, the twenty dollars that I paid for it with a bunch of other stuff and the ability to hack it. Not bad. So yeah. if they, and the other thing about being $20 was that I was thinking it's also kind of the price point where like, if it goes any cheaper than that, I'm not really going to be upset about the fact that I, you know, didn't wait for the super clearance sale, you know? Um, right. I don't know if these things are ever going to hit 15 or $10 anyway. Um, I doubt it. So you know, if I had bought it, like I kept sort of what I kept telling myself, like if I buy this thing for $50 and then it goes on sale for 20, I'm going to be like, man, I should have waited, you know, but at $20 and then it goes on sale for $10. That's not too bad. You know, I'll get my yeah. enjoyment out of it. So I guess I will update you once I do mess around with it and put some more games on there and see what I can do. Cause I got some Crash Bandicoot and Tomb Raider over there and legend of dragoon which is like the one that i'm just like amazed they did not put on this thing in the first place um yeah that's a, that's one i definitely want to throw on there so that was my 20 dollar uh impulse buy thanks for target to target for matching um amazon's prime day clearance fire sale i guess of this thing so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like I'd like the, the build quality, I guess. You know, like the feel of it. Obviously, like I mentioned, the software they phoned in the software. You know, but if you want a decent little machine like this, twenty dollars is probably the best you're gonna find it at. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So let's talk about some Pokemon controversies. Yeah. So to sum everything up. We've talked a little bit about some of this before, I think. But Pokemon Sword and Shield is coming very quickly in November. And it kind of feels like every time 
Game Freak and Nintendo say something about it, people just start up all over again. The short version of what like the major problems people are having with the game is that they're only going to include Pokemon in this particular region. So some of those Pokemon will be new to this generation. Some of them will be holdovers from previous generations, but they are not going to be doing the national Pokedex, which in previous games gives you access to every single Pokemon from every single generation, you know, might not be able to catch them in that game, but you can port them in from somewhere else and then you'll have everybody that you want. Uh, my initial reaction to all of that was like, who cares? Get over it. You know, when I play a Pokemon game, I play it specifically for that new game. After talking to a lot of different people about how everybody feels, I feel like it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But more than anything, it kind of revealed to me, you know, how different Pokemon is for different people and how we all sort of want different things out of the next game. So that's that's what I wanna talk about real quick. Um, starting with just, I guess, base level, you know, what is your feeling about them not wanting to include the National Pokedex? Um, they, the reason that they gave was just sort of mostly like a time kind of a thing, you know, to release it when they wanna release it, to include the animations, which everybody's really fixating on. They want to include, they don't really have time to do that for every single Pokemon. So thoughts on that first. I actually like it. Um, I think it's a little like, it's a lot to ask again for, you know, like they are doing a lot with this game and they'd have to, you know, redo a lot of things for a lot of old Pokemon mm -hmm. because of like the new animations, there's going to be the Dynamaxing. They'd have to build a new model for that, a new model for a lot of Pokemon that haven't seen, you know, this new style artwork. So right. in my opinion, in my opinion, I think it's a good idea, especially for time purposes, but also because it forces you to use new Pokemon. You know, you don't have to, you don't got to, you know, log into the game and, you know, you have your same six Pokemon that you've had in the past, you know, three generations i think mm -hmm. it's a, a better idea to kind of force people to open up and to new possibilities right that's kind of like my you know again base level like feeling about it the only sort of like caveat that i have heard that i think makes sense is about how it might like mess up competitive and breeding options because if you want to do like competitive short sword and shield, you're not going to be able to use every single Pokemon, you know, for as far as forever. So that's going to affect people on like an individual level. It's also going to affect how like tournaments can even set up, you know, because they're not going to have access to everybody. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you have like a little, maybe a little bit more experience with like fighting games in general than I do. I, part of me is like, man, that really sucks. Like if, if your main party isn't available, then you just got to redo your entire thing. But on the other hand, I feel like for the community, maybe that's a little more interesting because they're like limiting, you know, the roster of fighters you basically have available. You know, like, does that, does that make sense? Like that kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like it's almost like, I agree. Um, I kind of feel like it's sort of like a, like an opposite smash ultimate situation, you know, where, well, I guess sort of every single time they've done Smash up until Ultimate, you know, you have like the core characters are the same 
And then some people came over, but some didn't, you know? So if you were a peach humane, then you kind of didn't have, you had to get a new character up until, you know, between, um, was it Melee, I guess, was the first one that he's in, you know? So mm-hmm. for the Brawl in the Wii U game, you had to find somebody else, you know? Like, is that is that kind of, kind of thing we should just tell people to adapt to, I guess? I guess is maybe what I'm getting at, if there's a question there. I think, no, I think it would be, I think, again, I think it widens it up because, you know, I can only imagine competitive play getting boring after a certain amount of time using, you know, seeing the same people use the same things over and over again because this mm-hmm. is what's always been the strongest. So, you know, like, mind you, I don't follow the, the competitive Pokemon battling scene, but say you have, like, Salamence, Charizard, and, you know, whatever else you have that's super strong, right? It's like you're going to keep seeing those in every battle. Right. And this it forces them to use what's limited in the game. So, like, I mean, there's only a few people that I can think of off the top of my head. But, you know, you're probably going to see more of those new starters in the competitive league. You're going to see, you know, some of the, all that region specific because there's not going to be, like, not all of the extremely strong Pokemon that were back in the old generations are coming to the new one. You know, right. There's only a handful that are coming in. Right. So I think it's going to be more interesting for the competitive scene because, you know, people are going to get to see new stuff, new combos, kind of get a good feeling on what's a good party. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. The sort of main thing that I know about Pokemon, like competitively from uh, this information, sort of like two generations out of date at this point from when I last was involved, is that there are sort of like categories where you, they will not allow you to use Pokemon that are used all the time because of the fact that they're overused, you know? So they would take out, like I know for a while, like a really popular setup was to have uh, a Starmie that knew Thunderbolt, Psychic, Surf, and um, what's the other move? Uh, Ice Beam, I think was the other one. Because uh, Starmie's really fast, has really high special attack stat, and it would just sort of wipe the floor with most things, you know? But then there's categories of, of play that would not allow you to use that because everybody's using that. And then you're just going to have everybody using the exact same party every single time, you know? So right. maybe if this game doesn't even have a Starmie in it, then that takes that out of the equation, you know, and opens up different possibilities, you know? Exactly. Um, like everybody can have their own separate team and you're not going to see like similar parties on either side, you know, you'll mm-hmm. have different things. Right. And it also could potentially. I guess sort of the opposite of that would be saying that, you know, maybe they only end up including Pokemon in this game that are part of the overused category, you know, and then they got to figure out how to, um, how to address for that, you know, but I think that the, right. the community is adaptive and just, at the same time, I also kind of feel like, you know, despite the fact that like Nintendo puts on Pokemon tournaments as like part of official events and things like that, like Pokemon is such like a wildly unbalanced game, you know, that like it's not really designed for like true competitive play. So I think it's like really crazy and really impressive that people bother making all these rules and set up some things to do it in the first place. But like because of that is also sort of why I feel like if people like battling Pokemon that much, they're going to figure out a way to do it, you know, with whatever they're given, you know. Right. I would just would just hope that you know they're able to think like 
right? How can I, how can I problem solve basically, you know? I can't, if I, if my breeding options are now limited, you know, I can't breed these two Pokemon together to give my other Pokemon this special move that I wanted to give it. So what's my new strategy basically, you know? Yeah. So that could be interesting. Um, the other thing <laughs> at the risk of, you know, bringing up like uh, the ire of the internet, I guess, uh, we talked briefly a little bit beforehand about how I wonder about like the place that like Pokemon occupies in like gaming culture because of the fact that it, it seems to be so much of everybody saying here is like Game Freak messed up for the fans. They need to do what the fans want. People are like basically demanding, give us the national deck story riot basically. Uh, what I find interesting about that is that like I've talked to multiple people that if Lyle told me they think Game Freak is lying when they say that they have reasons for not including every Pokemon. They think that the reason is just they're lazy and don't feel like doing it, which to me is absurd. It's like, there's, you know, even if the reason is that they didn't have enough time, like that's still a reason, you know, it might not be a good one, but it's still a reason. Um, but like assuming for a second that maybe Game Freak decided, you know what, we don't want to do that this time because new generation on a new console, we want to just focus on something new. I, there's a part of me that wonders like, well, shouldn't we just let them do that? You know, we have these conversations all the time about letting the developers do what they want. And I mentioned to you about how I was, I just keep thinking about the huge debate that happened months ago uh, when Sekiro Shadows Die Twice came out and all the think pieces like happens every single time a Souls game comes out, came out talking about whether or not there should be an easy mode in those games. And like the number one response that I kept seeing from people that were anti-easy mode was just let the developers make the game they want to make you know and in this case it's like well what if game freak just wants to make this kind of game shouldn't they be allowed to do that and shouldn't we like and if it sucks because you don't have all the pokemon then we'll find that out when it comes out you know but shouldn't we maybe save some of that ire until we've actually played the thing you know yeah i agree i i think it's Again, I'm I'm all for it. I already kind of stated that um, I think it's a good idea for multiple reasons, but I also think that you know if Game Freak just continues listening to what people want, we're just going to keep getting the same thing over and over, and they're you know they're gonna want to do something creative eventually. And if this is their way of doing it by not you know bringing the national decks in for whatever reason they have, then you know let them do that because it could lead to something even better that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they have this like the new Dynamax and Gigantamax modes, you know, which again, some people have said, oh, well, that's nothing because that's just scaling the character model, you know, but also maybe it's just Game Freak wanting to experiment with new Pokemon forms, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you also see all the Pokemon running around the field all the time. They have that whole thing with, they also introduced like, you know, raids for the first time, which is a yeah. new mechanic that we've never seen before. And then along with that is the whole, it's called the wild area, I think is that what it's called? You yeah. know, which is just this, the region where all the Pokemon are walking around, you know? Uh, I, I guess sort of, again, talking about how Pokemon occupies a kind of weird space, you, what you said about if they just listen to the fans, we're going to get the same game every single time. You know, it's, um, it's kind of like you see a lot of 
like reviews and things coming out for Pokemon games saying like, well, this is just the last Pokemon game with new Pokemon in it, you know? And when Game Freak does new things, they do new things very slowly. They iterate very slowly. So it's almost like fans in a way are just asking, well, we just want the old Pokemon game over and over and over and over and over again, you know? So how do you please everybody? You know what I mean? That's right. to me is again, another argument for, we'll let them make the game that they want and then we'll, we'll judge it when we can judge it. Yeah, I agree. So, which I guess brings up to the end of thinking about like, what is Pokemon anymore? You know, like what makes a Pokemon game? Obviously, like we've discussed here, there's the competitive people, there's the collector people, you know, and then there's the people that it sounds like a sort of just, I guess, both of us that you just want to play the game to play the game and see what's new, you know, and who the new designs are basically, you know? Yeah. I would like, like, I'm pretty excited about the new mechanics. It seems like it's going to add a lot of interesting things to the game. So, I mean, what do you think at they the end of the day, to... Pokemon is good. I was just going to say like, um, it sounded like maybe you're about to say something like this, but I was going to say, what, what do you think that they would have to do like for you to be like, thumbs up game freak this was this was what i wanted from sword and shield um it's a lot to ask um i don't know i i like the idea that it's that you can see pokemon still it looks like they added wild encounters back so you kind of get uh, a mix of both worlds mm-hmm. i i'm super pleased with the rating idea because i i love doing that in pokemon go right um I mean, the animations is something that I've been like super excited for. Like even with uh, Let's Go, like they they kind of stepped it up with animation. So I would hope that they would make some really cool ones because the last time I remember seeing like, any kind of cool ones were Pokemon Stadium. Um, and I love that game. So if they would kind of make a lot of the animations like similar to that, but in like a, a new perspective, that would be cool. And I'm hoping for a good story because I mean I didn't even make it through Ultras or I didn't even make it through Suns, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping for something that's compelling and not tutorialized. Right. I mean that's sort of the main thing for me, you know. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like you know it didn't matter how many of the 700 Pokemon at the time were in that game because I didn't enjoy playing through it, you know. Um, exactly. I mean for me it's like new Pokemon designs a new region just to explore, you know, and a story slash gym battles, you know, to fight in um, are like sort of the main things that I want, you know, and maybe that's like pretty basic, you know, but I guess from my perspective, that's just the kind of thing that doesn't need every single, every single Pokemon design in it, you know. Um, I also think that I like being surprised sometimes by the cool stuff that Game Freak will throw in there, you know? Because, like, there's some really awesome stuff at the end of of Let's Go that I feel like nobody ever talks about, and I wonder if anybody even really... I know you actually haven't even gotten to the end of that yet, though. Um, There's just, like, really cool stuff that you can do at the end of that game, like, that I didn't know was a thing. I'm kind of happy I didn't know it was a thing because it was, like, really cool surprises to, to encounter. But I feel like 
I hear like a lot of negative things about that game and nobody really focuses on like those kinds of actual this was game freak innovating in some kind of fun way kinds of things. yeah i would like more post game stuff uh i haven't finished let's go yet because i've been playing various other things lately but once i start playing it again i plan on doing all that extra stuff because like that's that's one thing like if you beat the elite four and there's nothing to do afterwards that's not exactly fun because then you just got to try to level pokemon and then beat the elite four with other ones i would prefer to have more post-game activities like stuff that i can you know either explore capture new stuff or Mm -hmm. you know anything yeah well and they've been trying a lot of different things last couple generations like ultra sun i know have like a whole extra episode at the end of it i know omega ruby and um, alpha sapphire had a whole like epilogue episode that you could do afterwards um again i didn't i never even played ultra sun um, I never played the post game of Sun, the first one, because again, it was just like at that point, I was like, all right, I'm done with the game. It wasn't enjoyable anymore, you know. So, what I like about the post game stuff of Let's Go, again, like without spoiling what it actually is, is that you're given a lot of freedom to decide how you want to continue in that world, you know. So, I would hope that by revisiting the original generation and how it was kind of stripped back compared to the over tutorialization of sun that game freak maybe learned a little bit about how to handle that better. And with this new region and especially with this wild area that they're trying to promote exploration in that they can, you know, do something like that for me again, because I like that a lot. And it actually made me want to finish the Pokedex for the first time in years. Yeah. Which is a good feeling. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to, you know, just hear more as we hear more. Until yeah, kind of revisit it. And revisit it until it comes out. And then once we play a lot of it, we'll kind of make decisions there. Mm-hmm. Or if we hear new stuff. I'm still waiting on starters, evolutions. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one for me, too. I got to decide who I want exactly. to have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, I, that's sort of the other thing, and I guess maybe this will be the last point, is that they sort of been drip-feeding information, you know? So there's so much about the game that we still don't know yet. There's been a lot yeah, of Yeah, they're rumor. just trying to build up hype. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumors about different kinds of modes that are supposedly in the game. So I guess, like, I don't want to tell anybody what to do, but if I could politely remind people to sort of check your expectations until you know more about the thing or until you're able to get it in your hands um, or until, even if you don't want to be like, well, I don't want to buy it if blah, 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 whatever. Wait until somebody has it in their hands. You know, we're going to be playing the game. Anybody listening to this who maybe has reservations will in November hear what we think about it. So, you know, we can talk about it then too. Um, if you like Pokemon, we'll talk about it then. We'll be talking a lot about it, I'm sure. Um, but if yeah. you like Pokemon, just you know, stay positive about the fact that there's that there's new Pokemon. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to be happy with every single region. thing that they give you. You know, but new region, new Pokemon, just stay positive. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I think that's probably going to wrap this one up. Any closing thoughts? Uh, get Ultimate Alliance. Okay. And hold thoughts on 
Huh? That I, I will not have time. Because yeah. um, by the time people hear then, this, I will probably be playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's true. Um, I mean, if we uh, if we get together, we'll play it. I'm right. Sure. For sure. Yeah. So, and then the other thought is just like you said, stay positive about Pokemon. You know, I I think it holds a lot of potential, and I think people aren't giving credit to Game Freak where they deserve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so stay positive is maybe a uh, good thing to keep in mind in general, especially about gaming, because we can be very cynical about yeah. know, upcoming things, you know, when we don't know what they are. Um, so yeah. stay positive, stay excited, stay happy. Um, yeah, probably by the time you hear this, I'm probably going to be play, busy playing Fire Emblem Three Houses um, for the rest of forever, because I hear it's a very long game. But we'll, we'll talk about that, man. I'm excited. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I got the special edition of the game. So again, depending on when you're hearing slash watching this, there either will soon be an unboxing of that on the channel or there might already be one. So uh, go check that out because it's going to be going up probably Friday night, Saturday morning. And this is supposed to be going up Friday sometime. So that's happening. I'm really excited. It looks cool. so good. <laughs> I've, I've heard nothing. Yeah, but I haven't like, I've sort of, so I shut myself off from like reviews, but last week, like previews were allowed. So like Game Informer, Kotaku, um, they were able to, Waypoint did a, a good one. They were able to talk about the game just like, well, here's sort of the basic setup and here's generally how I'm feeling. And it sounds really great. So cool. And we'll shut up about that. In the future. All right, let's wrap this one up. Um, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, we are Brother Love Gaming on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube and didn't know that, it's right below you. <laughs> click the like button, click the subscribe button. Um, that way you'll see more of these. We've been steadily getting some subscribers. Just yeah, to- shout out to everybody. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that subscribed that recently. Appreciate you guys. Um, and we like that there are people, like a lot of the new subscribers have also been leaving comments, which I also think is dope. So keep that up. Yes. Um, and then follow us on Twitter at G one That's where we will tweet things about videos and also streams that we're going to do on Twitch where you can follow us also at brotherlylovegg1. Uh, that's probably it, right? My name is Alex. Podcasters. His name is Spencer. Right. Well, yes. Podcasters, I love you. I think I actually forgot to upload the last one <laughs> as a podcast. Um, I think I was thinking about that earlier before we recorded that. I don't think I, I don't think I uploaded the last one. Um, so sorry, listeners. Thanks for sticking around, though. Keep leaving us reviews on iTunes. We got a couple of them. Five Time star stuff. podcast. Five star podcast. Five star runtime. Um, yeah, let's get out of here. So. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. Peace.